It's time for the Confidence That Converts podcast. So welcome to the Confidence That Converts podcast. I am your host, Candace Shepard, and I cannot tell you how excited I am to jump into this particular episode, specifically because I have a special guest that happens to be a very special person in my life, and it is none other than Mr. James Shepard himself. So how are you, friend? Hello there. Doing good. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so yes, uh, for those of you who are just learning about us, James and I have been together for many, many years, and we have a 13-year-old or about to be 13-year-old daughter together, and... We have been through our fair share of ups and downs. It's been, you know, one wild ride. And I really felt it was important to have this conversation because James and I are polar opposites. A lot of our perspectives and approaches to things are completely different. I'm an extrovert. You're in... I'd say an extrovert combined with an introvert. Mixed. I don't know, bro. I don't know if I can agree with you on that one, but I'll, I'll let you have your say. <laughs> I'm not going to wrestle you to the ground on it. Uh, I would say you're more of an introvert. That's for sure. Um, but you're entitled to your opinion, and, and I might. Clearly, you can see where this is going, okay? This is going to be one interesting conversation. However, what I want to be clear on is how our relationship has been changed as we've moved through the three things we're always talking about on this podcast, self-awareness, self-mastery, and self-image. And we've had to make a great deal of adjustments as we've been through some very high highs and extremely low lows when it came to relating to each other. And I mean, even having to separate, preparing for divorce and a number of other things that we've experienced that you could not have told me, you know, 15 or over 15 years ago when we met that we would have walked through. My whole point behind this podcast is to make sure that we're walking through these three areas, awareness, mastery and image, so that you learn how to adjust and adapt in a way that's authentic to you, whether you're operating in relationships inside or outside of your business. And I can tell you, you know, it really matters to have support when, especially when you're in business, because it's a process that's so lonely. And when you have a family, you want them to be involved. And this is a lot of dynamics that come with that. We're just going to deep dive in with our first question. And that's this, James, when you think about self-awareness, self-mastery, and self-image. Which of the three do you feel was most important to you making some necessary changes for yourself and in our relationship? I think um, when you say which of the three were more important, I think they're all important. I guess that's my diplomatic answer. But give us the real, bro. The, the, the answer, <laughs> the answer, um, I believe, I think is, well, that's a good one. I think it's self-awareness. Mm. I think because if you're not aware, you can't really begin to, to make the other changes that come with that. Because if you're not aware, how do you master what you're not aware of? Mm. So I think 
self-awareness is key because it's the start. It's the beginning for me. For you. And yeah. what's interesting naturally would be that your perspective is that. And for me, the first thing that comes to mind is self-image. If you're really not look, willing to look at yourself, how can you become aware? Exactly. You know, and again, I feel it's key that, especially as creatives, you know, I know so many of you who follow me know, and I speak to so many of you that are like myself, multi-passionate, mm-hmm. very much into everything. And, and James is more on the singular side, much more of a linear person. He has really great ways of creatively expressing himself that there are those of us that it just kind of oozes out of, you know, like it has to come out in, yeah. in multiple ways, like myself. And when you're a creative, it's so key, when you're a person, period, but even more so as a creative, it's so important for you to understand your self-image and how your relationships and the environments that come out, the environments that you come out of and how they affect your relationships and your self-image are really, really key. When James and I met, you know, there's about a 10-year age difference between us. And it was a very difficult thing because I met him and he was very accomplished. He had a lot of things going for him. And here I was, you know, this girl from the hood <laughs> who didn't have, you know, where it ain't no good, who didn't have money or a career. Now, the good thing was I was very ambitious. I had values and principles and things intact, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was a struggle for me because I could see myself clearly, but I didn't, I didn't come from an environment that allowed me to really walk away with the foundation of awareness and what I could do to master that. So I was following a lot of other models, you know, go to college, you know, get a good paying job, you know, get in where you fit in kind of mindset is the way I grew up. And my curiosity allowed me to explore. And that's, you know, that was the creative side really taking over and having its way with me. But what do you feel, James, when we first met were some of the values and principles that I had that brought us together? I think when we, when we first met, I, I knew that, you know, you were very ambitious of wanting to uh, not just succeed in life with a career, <laughs> but to succeed in life with a entrepreneurial goal. Really? You so, it, it's so crazy to hear you say that because yeah. it's like, I didn't realize just how driven I was. You know, we met when I was 19 going on 20. I think that was one of the the exciting parts in the beginning of our relationship, you know, talking about those things and dreaming, yeah, dreaming about how they would come to fruition and what kind of aspirations you had. And we had those discussions, even kind of fooling around with some ideas (laughs) and promotion (laughs) of that. So it was cool. And that's what I remember in the beginning, you know, of our relationship of, of you wanting to have like a salon but yeah it was definitely ambitious it was cool right yeah it was it was exciting to even think about that and and to 
you know, to possibly set those things in motion. Right. And what was cool was that when we met, you know, I was so impressed with James because he was nothing like any of these dudes I had come across or I had been entertaining up until that point, you know. I met him and he was really quiet and laid back, very, very chill, loved his family. And everybody, it seemed in South Florida, knew who this dude was. And I was like, who is this guy, you know? And... Everybody consistently talked about your character and who you were as a man. And I would watch women throw themselves at you and you would just be like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> you know, like I see you. I see you smirking a little something, you know, you didn't. I remember, bro, I was there. You didn't entertain women. OK, you had your eyes on the prize. You were you had a degree. OK. You know, this like really cool brother who had his head on straight. I saw how much you loved your mom and your family, how uh, tight you were with with so many different people and that you were, you know, a production director at your job. You know, so you had a title and you were an on air radio. I was like, man, you know, this guy's got something going for him. And here I am with just a high school diploma and a dream. You know what I mean? When you when you put it side by side like that, you know, people can have that 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 image of on one side this person has accomplished something and on the other side someone hasn't. I think it's unfair I, I see how it can be compared like that. Mm -hmm. Uh but there are a lot of people who are accomplished even with doctorate degrees. Well yeah, yeah. well let me so let me be yeah, go ahead. That haven't what? Oh, that haven't really, you know, made it, so to speak. Not just because I don't think financially making it is making it. You know, of of having like you say, you know, having that self awareness, mastering that thing where they um, understand who they are. I got you on that, but that's not necessarily where I was leaning. You know, for me, it was just like a look back and saying, "This is what I remember." Got it. And so. I don't want anyone listening to get the idea that I'm saying you had better. I'm talking about that uh. the foundation you had laid and how impressive it was to me. And there were moments where I was like looking at myself like, well, dang, you know, I was like, you got a lot going for yourself based on this. Now, mind you, this was 2004. This is before YouTube, social media, or anything was really leveling the playing field for people. And when you look at it, just honestly, you know me, I'm a realist, okay? When I look at it for what it was on paper, you had a lot going for you. And when I was looking at what I was doing, that now... That's the issue inherent that I want to spotlight for a quick second that a lot of times we tend to compare. And it wasn't that I was given to comparing. For me, it was just like, wow, this guy's got some, some great things going for him. And this is cool. And I'm like, man, I'm ready to step my game up. You know, I want to have some some things that I can say, you know, look at what I bring to the table. I bring the whole damn table to the table. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, seeing that you had accomplished a lot was something that, because that was the question about having values and principles and what attracted one to another, you know, the values of women, you know, I saw that you weren't quick to just objectify them. You know, you talked to me a lot about 
the way you saw women and how they were to be treated. And then I actually watched you walk it out, you know? So for me, I was like, man, you know, this guy really gets it. And again, he's not like any of the guys I've met or, or, and not that I was quick to give anyone the time of day. My mom always says I used to give dudes an application to fill out before we even went there. But, you know. I didn't give the application. No, you, yes, you did. I'm just kidding. You're bugging. You crazy if you I'm think. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, time out. Listen, girls, okay? Make sure you have an application. You ask for references. And then you put that brother on three 90-day trial cycles before you get serious. I just, you know, you should see James's face right now. It's hilarious. Moving on. Point I was trying to make is that. There were some things that made it abundantly clear we had together and that connected us. You know, we both were like on fire for Christ. We both loved family. We both loved children. We both wanted to grow together, you know, and especially with our ambitions and our work. And we were very much into what we were passionate about at the time. And, you know, fast forward 15 years, a lot's been accomplished and a lot of things have been done. However, looking back, what I hope that those of you who are in relationships or entertaining, deep diving into a relationship, start focusing on when you're qualifying, because that's really what it is. When you're qualifying whom you're going to get into a relationship with, you really need to make sure you have your values and principles intact. And one that I didn't check on because I did not have the awareness of the, at the time was how you felt about your self-image and your self-awareness. Was that something you were actively working on? Because people can look good on paper real quick. You know, people can also tell you, oh, no, this person has great character and this, this, that and the other one. And they may not even have been in a developed relationship with them to say, I know this person is solid. You know, like, have I seen them angry and handle situations well? Have I seen them committed to communication and to, you know, having understanding with people absolutely i think that's that's very key uh all the way around you know well that's what i meant not just with no, women, no. with men yeah sure yeah. i may i want let me be real and say women definitely need to be on their p's and q's because we tend to fall into traps a little bit easier you know what i'm saying because he's cute and he looks good on paper absolutely. you know what i'm saying but go ahead absolutely you know it's very important to to know those qualities all the way around and sometimes you can get lost in the what do they call it the that honeymoon phase Man, uh, listen, of a relationship that, where I just wish people wouldn't jump into the honeymoon phase so quick and if you're looking for this stuff for someone that's actively working through their emotional intelligence willing to tell you about things they're unpacking with trauma I mean, you ain't got to tell me your whole life story bro on the first date but if we've spent time together I should be able to speak to what I know you're trying to, to deal with or what you're wrestling through. Absolutely. And make up my mind if I want to get involved or go deeper. Absolutely. And that's where there's, um, 
the healthy friendship that happens that that should happen. You know, it all. You know, you could say, well, I had the perfect courtship or dating relationship, and I got to learn about the person's past and and all the trauma. And it's very hard, you know, even in my mind now to to process. Um, because after 15 years, you look back and you know what you've done wrong, you know, mm-hmm. or you see the things you've done wrong. So, for me to talk about it from a from a new point of view, like someone who is just getting into a relationship, it's hard to talk about it from the vantage point of not knowing, because we've been, you know, together for 15 years, married for 15 years. Not so, 14, bro. 14 years, but together for yes. 15 years, married. Thanks for the correction. I stunned correct. Oh God! Okay, so, come on, bro. No, but I'm I'm just saying that it's it's very important, you know, simply to say it's important to know, uh, not just to be stuck in that honeymoon phase, but in a, in a phase of getting to know someone truly, and not just he's cute, she's you know beautiful and attractive, and all oh, she has these things in common with me, and that's great. Um, but you can't build a life on those surface things. Um, and, and you have to know how that person is when disappointment happens. You have, to, you have to know how that person handles themselves when they're upset and when they're angry. And you know what? Even after knowing that, when you get into a relationship and, and a marriage, there's still brand new things you you got to learn even within the marriage that you can't mm-hmm. learn before the marriage because you can't know what that person is like in your house (laughs) so uh, unless you're cohabiting and that's a whole nother discussion but but you're right you're right you know those areas of somebody's life that they have difficulty with or or trauma or a lot of pain that they're facing deep conversations uh, and, and and having that it's a bonus before you get married if you can get that done uh, and it's critical because it will help you throughout the relationship. Do you feel we did that? Not well enough. <laughs> no, um, I don't feel like we did that I, at all. I we had a lot of conversations. Yeah, we did. But I don't think we did it at all. Yeah. I know. You, you, I all? see your face. I do not believe we did it at all because it wasn't coming from a place of self-awareness and self-image you know we'd have absolutely yeah we'd have, it, or within, even with even the the idea now i will say this much i have always the one one value that has always been at my center at my core was self-mastery yeah i think i that was clear but the, the self-awareness should. and watching for awareness of others was something i had to develop yeah i think you shared more than I shared. No, I, I know. As far as deep, you know, deep conversation, like going deep mm-hmm. of hurt, I guess, uh, and and I shouldn't say I guess, but hurt, yes, and pain, yes. So mistakes I made when I had was I was younger too. Yeah, that too, and I. But I don't think, like you said, I don't think we we at any time had consistent deep conversations of learning of ourselves of awareness and being aware of some things and mastering those things and what image you know we had in our lives to bring to the table 
to conquer what we were going to do for our future. Right. And we, like, you know, we had the conversations, you know, we, we talked about ways we wanted to bring our kids up. But again, you know, that wasn't something you initiated. You would have moments of spotlighting certain things. But again, mm-hmm. it was always surface. Yeah. Very surface. With me, I'm the type of person that I'm like, you know... I'm not going to ask you what your social security number is, but I want to know how you think. I want to know what makes you tick. And I'm the person, I have a thousand questions. I always want to understand the people I'm talking to in relationship with. And that's something that's never going to change about me. You know, like I'm going to always take you six layers deep. You know, some of my my team members started calling me six layers deep. Because of that, like, I'm, I'm going to hit you with the hard questions. And if I don't, or if you ever hear me silent, it's because I know you're not ready to listen to what the truth is about a matter. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So at the time, though, I, I was really focused on seeing his consistency in all those other areas, but not emotionally. Would you say you were emotionally available? No. I don't think... No. What made you... What, what, was, what was that? I was just kind of... You know, my, my hesitation was, was not... I was hesitating to, to answer the question. I was hesitating because I was trying to take a trip back. Yeah. You know how... Yeah. I was just trying to rewind my mind like... Oh man, 15, 14 years, let me see, let me think, was I consistently emotional? No. Um, you had pockets. It would come up every now and then, yeah, and then the moment them, your eyes were water, it was over. And then yeah. you never, and sometimes you never even let it get to the point where your eyes were water. Exactly. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, being emotionally available and releasing all of that stuff was, it's just not something I did. What were, what were some of the things that I did, you know, that you found really hard to cope with, just some of my personality and character traits that made it hard for you to go there with me emotionally? I don't know if, if I would explain it or a reason in my head, like, I didn't want to become emotional with you because you made it hard. No, or I there just, was something that I don't. Yeah, there, I don't want to there, imply that. Let me. Or be there was real, a yeah. character trait that you had that made it hard for me to, um, I guess, be emotional. Because if you're emotional, you're emotional. I think, right? Regard. Mm, but somebody could, you know. You what? know, we always like we always disagree. But go ahead, go ahead. I'm listening. Uh, I know you're very direct. That very, is what I was thinking of initially. Yeah, yeah you're very direct, and sometimes. And many times in your directness, you know, uh, I, I've interpret, interpreted that directness as uh, like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Like, uh, <laughs> like what's happening? What are you what are you doing? Like, why are you coming at me like, like that? that? That, you know, and that's and so, another reason why when people will say certain things and I know they're not ready, I won't say anything. I mm-hmm. will legitimately stay silent which is rare for me because God, God, we both know. <laughs> we both know I always have something to say. Mm-hmm. Always. And because I mean, I'm so direct, I've, I had moments where I would just like, you know what? I'm not doing this. 
and just would dig my heels in the ground and let somebody think whatever they want to think. Yeah. You know, my father played a part in that as well. But back to what you were saying about emotionally, what contributed to you not making yourself more available? Yeah, I think the, I think, you know, allowing myself to interpret your directness uh, to be uh, an attack instead of concern, you know, instead of fighting through that, instead of, you know, reasoning in my mind uh, and coming to awareness like, okay, some, you know, she's being direct because there's something wrong. Uh, There's an issue that needs to be dealt with. And you need to understand and learn how to deal with that and how to convey that, okay, all right, I see what's happening. I see uh, that you might be bothered or I see that you're upset. No matter how it comes, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Right, right. Whether it comes direct, anger, upset. uh, With tears. With tears. um, It doesn't matter because, you know, in a relationship, especially for, you know, for the men, for guys... Uh, it's our responsibility and should be our desire. It shouldn't be something, well, oh, this is something I have to do. Uh, it should be <laughs> It should be a responsibility and a desire to figure out what's wrong and to understand. And then even in the frustration, because I know I get frustrated many times, I just want to shut down. Like if I feel disrespected or dishonored or... Uh, you just want to shut down and not say anything. Mm-hmm. And then that that creates more of a situation where um, emotions and anger can boil up because communication isn't happening because you're interpreting something to be... that What it's not. What it's not instead of a symptom of a problem. Does that make any sense? It makes total sense. It makes total yeah. sense. It, that That's where... The self-image clashes with the awareness, yeah. you know, because you're like, oh, I see myself like this and I see you like that. But you're not realizing the storylines and things that contribute to it. Mm-hmm. And so in light of that, what I wanted to ask next has everything to do with the way you would process and shut down, mm-hmm. you know, My being very direct, I learned over time to put a little sasson or adobo on my words, you know, and I wasn't seasoning them so that it would taste better, but because there's there's blunt and then there's a direct way to love someone with the truth. Like, look, you know, here's this and here's how this breaks down to me. And it contributed to a lot of turmoil in our relationship because we're both the type of people that dig our heels in the ground when we've made up our minds. You know, like I'm like a dog with a bone. I'm not going to let it go. And you're the type that's like, you know, well, I'll just completely disconnect. And that's why I was talking about values and principles and how it's so important to be clear on them, 
when you're getting to know someone in the beginning of a relationship before you even get to the honeymoon stage, which real talk, a lot of people are just jumping into because it feels good to be next to somebody, you know, AKA trauma bonding. Well, oh, you know, I'm alone or I'm going through this and I don't have, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, when you want to come out of that pattern, when you want to challenge it, What's more important is to establish some things are clear. And one thing we didn't establish is I'm the type of person that I'll dig my heels in the ground, but it's to fight for the integrity of the relationship. So that connection is real. So that we keep building each other up over time. Like if I invite you into my space, it's because I want you there. And you know this about me. Like I'm, I'm very selective about the people who I allow to get into my space and to talk about my life too. Yeah. However, not being clear on that being a principle we both shared caused a lot, a lot of pain. Cause I'm gonna dig my heels in the ground, but I'm gonna keep coming back to you to try to talk. Because again, like that connection is something I wanna maintain. Clearly, if you're here, it's because I want you to be here and I've done some vetting to make sure this isn't just somebody trying to, you know, pet me because I'm a unicorn or I have magic to offer or you want to absorb something. Mm -hmm. And while you had strong feelings about loyalty like I did, the way you arrived there was not the same. You you were more into self-preservation than you were us preservation. And I could not translate that like it just it did not make sense to me that people weren't that some people not just you but people in general aren't really willing to fight for relationship as much as I was yeah Yeah. and in light of that you know what would you have to say about your understanding when it came to that understanding of of you're in that or? value, that, that deep principle of even if we're in conflict, we're going to fight for understanding yeah. and communication. And I should have been clear. <laughs> Real talk. I should have been clear because I yeah. was not clear. Like We're going to fight for communication. We're going to yeah. fight to establish where things may or may not have gone wrong. We're going to listen to each other and we're going to give each other space to think through things and come back together. Yeah, that's very important. It's very important, it's especially, so especially in conflict, because, and I'll explain that, and I'll explain some of the things that I, uh, one in particular, not some of the things, but one very important thing, and we'll get to other things, hopefully, uh, if you have another 10 hours to talk, <laughs> but it's critical in conflict even if you've vetted that person and you've talked and you've had the deep conversations and you got married and you married your soulmate and everything seems great, mm-hmm. you know, life isn't perfect and you've got two imperfect people, even though they're soulmates or good or have many things in common, you're going to have conflict because you're human. Right. So um, when conflict happens and someone's upset or somebody misinterprets something or somebody totally gets it wrong, you still have to communicate and I know personally from myself, you know, when those things happened or I felt offended, um, you know, I made horrible mistakes in shutting down completely, you know, uh, totally not communicating at all. 
all because I felt that I was either offended or disrespected or I misinterpreted, you know, uh, Candace's directness as uh, not caring or a threat or, a, or an attack. Yeah. Or anything like That's that. That's a better word, attack. Yeah, yeah. and so I'll, I, I'd shut down and what that did to me, for my mind, was, okay, if I don't say anything, if I leave this alone, then at least I'm not being attacked, you know? Mm. At least I feel like, if, if, if I'm not saying anything, then I'm not being disrespected, you know? Mm. And then what that fueled, you know, I've learned over time, what that fueled in you... There's <laughs> more gasoline. Yeah. Gasoline. Listen, okay. It was fire. Listen. And so now, Oof. now things get escalated. What I really did Didn't not want. want, I'm fueling the fire to build it even bigger and stronger. And then it comes bigger and stronger. And then my resistance is bigger. And it just creates this ball that, that essentially I created to, uh, not communicate even more yeah even and, more and man and then, let me tell you it, it woof, that that is one of the fastest ways to just piss me clean off yeah and so you know what i've learned is that especially you know from a you know in, in the bible as, as a person of faith who believes that god is the creator of relationships and marriage and marriage this is his creation so he has the best manual for that and you know if you're a man and you're not community it doesn't matter like you know my wife will say all the time you know i came at you calm i came at you whatever in all different ways yeah and you still didn't, that was me i try everything yeah, and you still didn't listen and so it's regardless of how she was to come it's still my responsibility responsibility and still should be my desire to communicate no matter what mm. and so you know i failed at doing that because i felt like man i'm human i deserve you know i felt that i was right <laughs> right you know even when you know even in uh in many different situations where uh you know she would say uh you know, this is what I need. This is what I desire. And I would, and I'd say in my mind, oh man, you know, you're right, and still not uh, follow through with that. You know, still not follow through with, with, with doing that and and changing the habits of yeah, the behavior, the behavior yeah. of missing out on spending time together, going out on dates and things like that. And it doesn't matter. I know when we got married. Uh, what was it? Six months later, you were pregnant. Man, listen, right? and that so, was not anticipated because so, we planned for two years. So six months later, you were pregnant. After that, there's a change in, I think, a year later, a year and a half, two years. Um, the station was sold and, and there was a shift and then we moved and we went from, you know, Miami to Fort Lauderdale. And there was a lot of things happening. But you know what? In life, you can't predict what's going to happen. That's the truth. You can never predict what's going to happen in your life. But you can always have the understanding that I'm going to take my relationship seriously. And, you know, in my head, I had the head knowledge of, okay, <laughs> the scriptures say, you know, live, live, oh, with your, boy. live with your wife with understanding. Right. And it's easy to quote and it's easy to even put 
a one date night event together, you know, and go mm -hmm. out on one date and then go. Yeah, I'm a planner, you yeah. know, that's definitely me. Sure, you, you go out on one date and you go, oh, I did it. I did that one date. And then you relax. Lord. And then five, <laughs> six months later, man, we haven't been out on a date in five months. What happened? So it's it's having that understanding and awareness of who you truly are and, and what you truly value. And are you putting that into action or, or is it just lip service? You know, do you feel that the, the issue was the self-image or your self-awareness or the lack of self-mastery that kept you repeating that pattern? Because let me tell you, you know, going through it as a wife, when you find or feel, let's just be real, okay? Because you may feel it and it may not be fact and you know me. You know, I'm, I'm all, I'm facts over feelings all day. Mm -hmm. I'm not a very emotional woman. I'm very much both. You know, I want the facts and the feelings. I want the data and the statistics. And then I want everybody to tell me how they feel before I move forward, making any decisions or trying to decipher who's, who's at fault. You know, so I think a lot of things through and then, you know, I start evaluating for motive and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But for me... When, when you think about what you go through as a woman, when, you're, when you know you're on your A-game, okay? Yeah. As a wife, and you're cooking, you clean, you take care of the kids, and you're doing your job at communicating. Like, some women, on the real, will be like, oh, you need to understand this, you know? And I never brought that into our relationship. I was not the type to nag. I wasn't the type to, you know, hound you for stuff. For me, it was like, I'm going to communicate crystal clear and I may bring it to you a time or two after. But after that, like, I'm not chasing you. That's yeah. just that's not my style. I'm not going to beg you to do something. I'm not going to beg you to be in my presence or anything like that. But don't come over here asking me for nothing either. You know, like. If you are, then let's sit down and have a conversation about why things aren't being reciprocated. You know, and I reached out to counselors and I reached out to a lot of people and wasn't getting through. And that can be very, very difficult as a wife when you find yourself showing up and you realize or you thought I did the work to make sure I got into a relationship with the quote unquote right person. Mm -hmm. And I'm not getting through and I'm doing everything it is that I know I need to be doing in order to maintain the relationship. Like it's such a hard thing to allow people to be themselves. And that's me. Like I'm consistently trying to go, OK, this person needs to understand they have different you know, thought processes, backgrounds. But at some point. You can't keep making excuses, you know, and you got to just be able to say this. You got to call a thing a thing. This yeah. ain't right. This ain't right. And some course of action needs to be taken. So, you know, my self-awareness was on at that point where I fell short was the self-mastery because I would be totally cool until I felt I couldn't take anymore. And then I would snap. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't nagging. It was just, 
I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool, and then when I'm not cool, I'm not. And a lot of times you would take that and use that as fuel to disconnect and distance yourself more. Sometimes consciously, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally, sometimes unconsciously. But where do you feel, which of the three, awareness, mastery, or image, did you feel was the real issue with you not listening? Not paying attention, and then even when other people were brought into the picture, counselors, you know, friends that you know wanted to hold us accountable, things like that. Like, what, what was the driver that kept you from listening to what I was saying? I think it's a, it was a combination of of awareness and an image. Mm. I think not being aware and being caught up with this idea of that's not who I am. What's it's, not who you are? You know, the image of oh I'm oh, I'm, I'm doing I got you. I'm doing I'm like doing I'm, my part. I'm working, you know, mm, like, like got it. I'm working, I'm you know, I'm busting my butt or or man I'm trying or you know, or where's this coming from? You know, you feel like, man, I felt, I feel, you know, like, uh, like, like, what? You feel this way? Is it that serious? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, even as you're talking now, I'm, I'm thinking and processing in my mind, like, okay, she's calm, she's calm, and she's calm, and snap. You know, mm. when you're not, when you're not doing what you're supposed to do, and you're, you're wrapped up in your distractions and your and you're comfortable whatever routine you have as a man <laughs> like you're working you're working you got bills to pay you got this or events and stuff at work because at this time too i was sick in our yeah. marriage so we were yeah, stretched so, financially there was a lot going yeah, on yeah so you're not paying attention you know uh a lot of things happen uh you know a loss of family uh yeah and so you know even it's so hard but it's never an excuse Mm. you know you can say man i lost three family members or what but it's never you you can never say you know my life was so hard that i'm justified in neglecting my wife You know, and for a long time, even before it got hard, stuff was rough. Yeah, you know sure. that getting through, cracking through that communication sure. shell. Sure, absolutely, and you could bring that in from from patterns that you had prior to marriage or trauma, trauma as a that child. You had yep, growing that up, that stuff has to be pre-existing. Yeah, in order for the the, for the hardships behavior. of life to yeah. like magnify it or amplify for the it. behavior yeah because that be- those behaviors can be brought into how you live within your marriage and so i believe to answer your question without going into a you know dissertation uh <laughs> it was a combination of self-awareness and image and so when you take stock of who you are you step outside of yourself of like, man, was, was I really that guy, you know? It was hard, it was, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it was very difficult because you don't want to be that person. You know what I'm saying? Wow. You don't want to be, uh, 
especially the person you say I do to. I'm going to love, hold, cherish, you know, for better or for worse, rich or poor. The vows that you take to care and love someone, the mother of your children, you don't want to be that person that, man, that's selfish. I know what's right. I can't believe she's doing this or why is she reacting this way instead of stepping back with a mind of heartfelt desire and insatiable love that you had before you walked down the aisle when you were dating and say, man, there's something wrong. I, I want to know you and, and not just fix it, but communicate with you so I don't do this anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so when I took stock of that, it, it makes you look. It makes you go, okay. And let me tell you, it's not long. Life, life can slap you <laughs> right back into total unawareness and total image guarding. Mm, very, very. That's a good one. Image guarding. Very, very quickly. Very quickly. So I think it's a daily taking stock. Like you wake up and and have to really build new habits, build new grooves in your brain of how you're going to live, you know, with your wife or how you're going to live with your husband, wherever that fits. You know, I can only speak from the husband point of view because, you know, I'm the guy. Right. And, you know, and so knowing that, you know, man, I was selfish. I'm not a selfish person. That's not who I am. And then you take stock and then you realize, you know, oh, snap, you know, I was selfish. I was wrong. I hurt my wife and you know and I'm sorry and I want to be different and I know that life isn't going to be you know perfect but I don't ever want that to be an excuse mm-hmm. we already know life isn't perfect listen you, all you do is all you do is live long enough and, and man know. life life will slap the taste out of your mouth okay and then sit there and look at you while you try to collect yourself together and figure out what you were trying to eat. Yeah, life, yeah, exactly. Yeah, life isn't... Real talk. Yeah, so we know that and you have to go in with that awareness and look at yourself out, outside of yourself. Outside of your desire to appear what you want to be perceived as Mm. but just look at yourself uh, the way God sees you and that's a scary position to be in Mm -hmm. because you really get to understand and know you know from a biblical foundation that okay I'm nobody uh, but all my imperfections all the things that I need to work on here they are Let's put them on the table and let's talk about this. Let's see. You know, if you love somebody, you know. Right. And that's the thing, you know. So when when I consider image, and this is, again, it's why it's so important for creatives. Because we n- tend to naturally overthink our shortcomings and our approach and the way we do things. You know what I'm saying? We We tend to lean more to the over-examining ourselves and under-examining. And like I said at the beginning, you know, me and James are polar opposite. Like, his favorite color is like 
tan and brown and somebody says color to me I'm thinking magenta and cobalt blue and the rainbow like I want all of it you know yeah I'm very boisterous and bold with the things that I say I'm very direct and he's more politically correct about stuff you know you're gonna hear me talk with more street slang, even though when I'm in a boardroom, I know how to code switch. And James is pretty much political no matter, you know, where he goes. His, his sophistication transcends a lot of that. And it's not even that he grew up in the super fancy area. You know, you grew up in a triangle out in Miami. But again, you know, it goes back to us being so polar opposite. And it's again, it's something I've had to learn to make room for. And it has allowed me to become incredibly aware of myself and others, like down to body language, the way someone makes eye contact with me. And that's what's made me an excellent communicator through my work and outside of my work whenever I'm talking to people. And so I just want to spot like this. If you find it very difficult to self-examine, even if to review what you've done in your business in the last couple of months, maybe last quarter, the way you've been handling things, how you're going to move forward. It's very difficult to grow and you get trapped in this pattern of repetition compulsion. It's, this is a game changer. Google it. Okay. Repetition compulsion where you just keep repeating the same thing, hoping for a different result or the day it's going to click. And it's just not going to. There has to be some element of surrender of the image. Like, this is what I thought I was, but I'm not. And it's okay because I can continue working towards it. Mm -hmm. And as an artist, the way I think of it is a lot of people are so committed to painting their image with light that they forget that they need shadows for depth. We're so busy wanting to look good and for everything about us to come across as amazing, incredible, wonderful, magical. Yeah. That we forget that we're human and we're fallen and that mistakes are quite literally part of the process. And maybe the thing that puts you on to some real game and help you to win. You know, so I'm, I'm constantly looking for and trying to evaluate how I've showed up and what I want to do differently. And I want to say this and in hopes that it stays with you that the image never comes across as real whenever you sketch or you illustrate or paint something. If it's only two dimensional, the more dimension that image has, the more real it comes across. And that's how you want to be perceived you want people to not only see that your image is unique but that it sticks and in our relationship you know that's been something that's been so very hard for me to absorb it was so painful to think that I was in that process of self-awareness and that I was full throttle ready to throw myself into the process of self-mastery so I could transform you know, this part of my image personally, that part of my image professionally and grow that to see I had linked arms with someone who at first made me believe they wanted to do that. And then when it came time to do it, struggled. You know, there were moments where I made the struggle personal. Mm -hmm. They're struggling because I'm me. 
or I need to adjust this about myself. And you just need to know that people need to be in their process. Okay. Their ability to, to extract information. We all learn differently. We absorb differently, you know, and for those of you who find yourself struggling in any kind of relationship, personal or professional, that's going to set you free, man. Allowing people to arrive to their destination on their time and to just be willing to be like radically real, honest with them and to love them through it. And then to step in when they ask you to and to step back when they need to get it together on their own. No. You know, and it was so, so hard to maintain that, to remember that we were two individuals trying to come together and grow and build. And I used to feel so alone, you know, and a lot of times I would ask you to participate in things with me to try to see if that would be something that would motivate, you know, do this periscope with me, do this video with me do this that but again you know people are ready when they're ready and they won't be ready when you are and you don't want to allow your ego to tell you that you're going to be the reason they change or they adjust you just have to continue moving forward and making sure your your honest needs are being met and if that person can't then you're going to have to find a creative way to deal with that Absolutely. And to give an answer to, you know, a lot of the the issues and the struggles and the problems we had in our relationship, in our marriage that were very difficult, <sighs> uh, very hard. Very. Um, you know, hindsight, they say, is twenty twenty, right? So, you know, I look back and I see, you know, where I've hurt my wife, where... You know, being selfish and not communicating and shutting down uh, exacerbated hurt and pain that she had been carrying for for years. And I was, I can't say that I was unaware, right? <laughs> but not intentional, not taking it absolutely critically serious you know how you know you're eating bad right and you know it's bad for you and you know what you need to do to stay healthy but you don't do it then someone tells you hey you shouldn't be eating that and you go well yeah yeah i know okay i got you i know then your friends you know your good friend you went to college with who's now you know a professional uh nutritionist tells you hey you got to stop eating that you know and he's keeping you accountable you know, just like the counselors in our relationship or people and friends were telling me, hey, you know, you got to be do or die. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, like when that real doctor comes in and tells you, hey, listen, if you don't stop eating this food, you're going to die. And then you go, I need to take this seriously. So don't wait, you know, if you're a husband, if you're a wife, you know, in a relationship. And, you know, your spouse comes to you and say, I need, we need to spend time. I want to spend more time with you. We need Man, to talk. We need to talk. We need to do anything. Jump in. Take that seriously. Don't do, you know, and if you're, you know, if you've got a spouse, a husband or wife that's direct and, and you feel attacked, you know, take that as a symptom. Don't take it as an attack. 
you know, I took it as an attack. Then I shut down and I hurt my wife. Then, you know, and and it, it created an exacerbation of an issue that went on unnecessarily. You know. Yeah, uh, that was hard for me. Absolutely, and so uh, jump on it, jump on it like, like, like it's critical mass, and take it seriously, because it is, you know. And now, you know, I can't say that. Oh, we're one hundred percent perfect in our communication. <laughs> Listen, you know, we're growing, we're learning, work. and one of the cool things that I love that you know, that I've learned. Uh, a, a really cool exercise and you know my wife will tell I don't know where she got it from I can't remember where she got it from but she'll, yeah. <laughs> but, she'll but she'll tell you and one of the cool things we do a lot now when we communicate and I receive something and I get that check in my egotistical manhood that I'm being attacked <laughs> I go okay hold on honey the story I'm telling myself in my head when you <laughs> sometimes you don't even get to brother you don't yeah. be getting to the hold on honey it it comes out e- I love that normally you would hesitate but it comes out immediately yeah because I want the story in my head it, like, like right after hey, I said something the story in my head the is story in my head when you said that <laughs> the story in my head when you said that is this like you're trying to pull me down and whatever and then it gives the other person the opportunity to confirm or to say listen you're out of your mind that's not what i was trying to do to you and usually with me it's not what i was trying to do exactly and it comes from brene brown and she's been someone that has helped me you know raise my emotional intelligence iq if you will to like five or six notches okay and it really helps you to work through the mental clutter yeah. And to be able to just take a moment to break the pattern of thinking you find yourself in yeah. and to really establish something solid. That's all the time we have for part one of this particular podcast, but make sure that you tune in for part two. Candace Shepard signing off, and you'll hear me in the next one. <laughs>